You are listening to Black Man in the Right World. Hey everybody, this is Mike. This is Grant, and today we're talking about sexuality. We're going to address the gay agenda, what masculinity has contributed to the world, and what our world would be today without religion, tradition, and the media. You don't want to miss out. They sure don't. So, Mike, what's on the agenda? Agenda? Funny you should ask, because apparently, based off of some information I have seen recently in my entire life, uh, (laughs) (laughs) there's this thing, I guess, out there that there's a gay agenda, and there's this, like, big agenda to emasculate men, uh, particularly black men, because that's, you know, that's the spaces that I'm focusing on as I'm watching TV, listening to music, reading books and stuff like that. Um, and it really bothers me. And it got to me because, like, one, I think a denial of trying to address how our masculinity can be toxic and how our aversion to being even remotely feminine as a man, if, you know, if you consider yourself heterosexual, and it has led into like this this excuse to to continue to be sexist, to continue to be uh, homophobic, to continue to be a problem to society because you're like, oh no, what it is actually is this agenda that's like trying to like take my manhood away. So you're talking about specifically the belief that there is some sort of conspiracy that's trying to make everyone less masculine, less yeah, less masculine, and Which, that that's a bad thing, and that it's a bad thing, and. I, it's, it's not a bad thing for one, <laughs> but two, like, you know, with Billy Porter and being very much able to be in the space now to express himself f- a little more freer than he has in his past, mm-hmm. uh, you can see like little Nas X and the attention he's receiving, whether he's trying to push the envelope further than people want it to be or whether he's being fully himself and freeing himself and putting himself out there. There's, there's that now, you know, there's shows like pose, there's uh, just a lot more visibility and transparency of people that are part of the LGBT community. And people are seeing it as an agenda, even though they've been saying this for years and, and that, and it just really bothers me. And I think like, First and foremost, why it bothers me, because, I mean, this will probably be the first time that I've ever said it in a public forum, but I identify as bisexual. I am attracted to men and women and whatever else in between, <laughs> uh, whatever, whatever other thing you might identify as. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I've always been this way and I've always known this since I was probably like six or seven years old. And and it's hard to live a life consistently where you try to like keep it on the like you, you try to live it yourself out there, but then not put it out there too much. Or I would like I made a pact with myself actually back when I was like 15, 16 or something. I was like, you know what? If people ask me the right questions, I will give them the right answer. So I basically had it in my mind. Like if someone came up to me and said, Michael, are you bisexual? I'd be like, yes. But if someone would give up and say, Michael, are you, are you gay? I would say no. 
Because so, that wouldn't be true necessarily. Yes, but yeah. it was a trick. It was it was definitely like a device for me just to deny it uh, publicly or within friends or circles and families because I was so worried and scared about what people would say, mm. what people would do. And, and I lived in like this crazy ultimate like fear of my own self and who I was. So you can, yes, I have the black thing um, <laughs> and we know how that's going. But then <laughs> tack on to that. Uh, being bisexual, being part of the gay community and being part of the LGBTQ community, that also was hard to deal with because you can look at it statistically, you can look at it culturally, you can look at it uh, stereotypically, but black people are just not fucking with the gay community, like as a whole. And that mm. and that's been a huge, that's been a big issue. That's why up until this point, I have never said anything one way or the other because like i it just as much as i had a fear of cops like oh a cop can misunderstand me and a cop can hurt me or harm me and kill me i also plenty of times have thought about that about my own community being like well shit you know if you if you put yourself out there too much you literally your life is on the line like i'm like who can who would want to kill me or hurt me because of that so yeah this the the like jokingly the gay agenda is silly to me, but at the same time it's a I have a buy-in to this conversation and kind of just dismantling some things because it's it pisses me off because I'm not allowed to be fully free and happy and proud of myself because the thing that I want to be proud about also doesn't like another part of me. Damn. It it's hard to know how to like continue the the conversation from here as far as like where i i you know chime into this i mean particularly for me i've known this about you for quite some time we've had many discussions about this um more so recently though but more so recently yeah um and i think part of it is because of that kind of thing where it was kind of an unspoken thing that I, I maybe had heard, I, you know, just speaking transparently, I had heard before we talked about it amongst ourselves, uh, a rumor from a, a mutual friend of ours that that was the case. But yeah, I never... Which is like, ugh, people tell my fucking business. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I had never... Ass. I had never thought... I never thought it was important enough to ask you or, or really question. And yeah, I, I was trying to remember when was the time over the last couple of years that we like fully just addressed it outright. I thought I did think you always knew, though, because because we shared a room and anytime you like changed, you would go into the bathroom to change. I was like, I think maybe he knows because maybe he's just like, no, nope. I'm going to change in a separate room. So he doesn't like no, no, look no. at my butt cheek. Or it something. has nothing to do with that. For me, I am a never nude in that regard. <laughs> I do that <laughs> no. with my own wife. <laughs> I, I figured that out now. I figured that like in, in these years, I figured it out. But when we first knew each other back then, I was like. Ugh, everybody trying to look at you like you ain't even my type like that. <laughs> but see, that's why I but, go in the bathroom because I don't, I don't, I know no one's trying to look at me. Well, so you, like, okay, well then I, I take that back. You are, <laughs> you are very attractive. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Everyone's trying to, to get a, a look at uh, Grant's booty. <laughs> no, I'm like still freaked out, like in my own, you know, apartment. Or I, feel you. I feel you. I feel you. This is people seeing me from the window. I was like, I don't want to burden people with <laughs> like that. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so like there, I, yeah, there was a moment uh, living with you that in the first phase of us living together and mm-hmm. when we lived in Orange, yeah, I didn't bring it up. I figured that people might know, people might have speculation, but it was always hard for people to grasp because 
at the time I would have, I'd be dating like a woman or something. And isn't that something that stereotypically people have a problem with, um, with, with, uh, bisexual people in particular, because they like are confused by it a lot of the time. Yeah. Or there's, there's like, there's some kind of myth out there. This is like biphobia in addition to a homophobia and you know, all the other phobias. There's, there's a biphobia within the LGBT community and outside of it. So mm-hmm. like everybody has a kind of a phobia to it and to some extent because uh, just being blunt, like there are a lot of women, especially black women in, in my community who will be like, oh, I don't want no man that likes men too because he can just leave me for a man or something or he all, he'll always want that man because he can give him something that I can't give him. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, that doesn't make any sense because the idea of commitment and monogamy, whether it's man and woman or woman or man, you don't need to be you don't need to be thinking about nobody else, period. And if you are thinking about somebody else, don't act on those uh, those urges. So right. I'm like, you mean to tell me that oh, if a man is with a woman, uh, that he will never think about another woman? Cause that doesn't seem like to be the case. Like just just right out the bat, like we know how many women uh are left behind to raise their children on their own. And like what is the what's the divorce rate? Um, let's see. We have uh, data from Statista here, which is in 2019, there were about 15.76 million children living with a single mother in the United States and about 3.23 million children living with a single father. So that's massive. That's like 5X, right? Yes. Um, easily 5X. Um, the number of children living with a single mother is down from its peak, but... At the same time, there were 4.15 million black families in the United States with a single mother. Yeah, uh, see, and that's something that's hard for me to discuss because, you know, that's a talking point of, of, of a racist person. That's a talking point of a, of a staunch Republican. And that's, that's hard for me to bring up because, like, I don't want, you know, a racist person to piggyback off of that. Like, see, Mike said it. So, like, he's Candace Owens's, like, uh, micro- mouthpiece. I'm like, oh, hell no. Not a, it, ain't, it ain't that. Fuck that. Like, I'm not, I, every, all men are fucked up from all races. Absolutely. <laughs> but, because if you look at that, I mean, that's 15 million minus 3 million. Well, who is the, who's the rest of that 12 million? White yes. people, people of other ethnic backgrounds. Like, that's, that's. So these are hetero, these are tech, I hope, you know, these statistics, if they're going on this long and you just now allow, you know, same sex marriages, this statistic is based on heterosexual couples. Yes. Sounds like they don't have it under control. Right. It sounds like to me that I like, oh, this big fear that your bisexual uh, husband or boyfriend or bisexual wife or girlfriend that can leave you for the other sex, that it that doesn't make any sense because anybody can leave you for the up uh, for somebody else. I would I would assume that it would be even higher or a higher chance if you're in a, in a heterosexual relationship. That the person would leave you for someone else because there's a it, higher amount of the population that yeah. is, te- is heterosexual. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, you're a shitty woman. I'll leave you because there's there's more women than men in the United States and <laughs> the world. Yeah. So if you, but if you're a bisexual person, you maybe you, I, I mean, from my own experience, I I have a fear that people who are not bisexual like me or people who are not. 100% down with the community, I can't be in a relationship with them. So that cuts out a huge number of people. Because everybody, because that's something that has to be brought up. 
Like, imagine right. you being in a relationship and you have to immediately tell somebody you have, you know, this, and this is a case for some people, just not for me outside of the sexuality. But imagine you having to explain to someone like you have a condition or a medical condition or a disease or some, something like right out the bat, you have to let people know. I, I feel obligated that I have to, in dating situations, let the other person know that I am bisexual because I don't want no, I don't, I don't, I'm not living in the down low and I don't want that perception. Well, we've seen, um, to anyone who's seen the, the reality show on Netflix, Love is Blind, we've seen that exact scenario play out where uh, a person who was on that show got in a relationship, admitted later that he was bi and it ended up being a breaking point for both of them. For, for her, because then she started to, you know, have her own doubts and her own questions and, 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 you know, and then for him, it was like his insecurity that he thought, oh, well, now that he admitted that and he admitted it late, that she now wouldn't like him. Yeah. Um, and, and me, and that's what happened. Yeah. So he was right. He might have been wrong and not to explain it to her early enough, but he was still he still at the end of the day was validated on his on his fear. Um, hers it could have been self self in, inflicted though because yeah. he was so worried that she would reject him that he kind of in 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 an f in an essence made that happen by hiding it by you know she would have though because that's that's the thing we're talking about today about this gay agenda is that black people don't have an issue and a lot of black women do too but see my thing is is I don't care I'm going to fight for my people all of them black. Uh, brown, mocha, chocolate, purple, any shade of African-American or black descent around the world, I'm, I'm fighting for my people because we're all getting mistreated. Even if they might, even if there might be a sect out there that says, oh, that nigga bi, oh, that nigga on that gay shit. Or if there's someone out there like, I don't want no man that be like, want to lay up with men. Even if they if that may come out of a black woman's mouth or a black man's mouth in relation to me, that's fine. Whatever. Deal with your demons. I, I'm still supporting all my people. I'm not, I'm not going to let that, let that be the end uh, of my pride that like, oh, because it's very uh, heightened in the black community that there's this aversion to the LGBT community, I just can't fuck with my own people no more. Hell no. Nah. I'm not getting down like that. I will try to dismantle it and, and correct it because I think we need to move forward. Right. But I yeah, it's definitely not going to be a deal breaker for me. Well, it's not just just the black community because, I mean, homophobia is rampant, particularly in you know, religious communities, conservative communities. It's been, you know, I mean, obviously to the larger, the larger American culture, it's been, um, you know, very heteronormative and, and homophobic for, for decades, you know, for its entire existence up until now. Um, and part of that is, you know, perpetuated continually by, I would say, the religious right. Yeah. I mean, wrongfully that's, so. That's and uh, ironically, that is where a lot of it stems from in the black community is from from religious standards. So why why is that, in your opinion? Well, the black people didn't have very much uh, ownership of anything when they first came to this country. So you you cut you rip and tear away you know people's languages, their culture, their families, you know their the whole structure. You you take away all of that. 
and then throw them on the under, you know, the bottom of a boat and then put them in America and have them work for free and mistreat them and beat them and abuse them. And one of the one of the few things that they have solace in that is used to kind of like to console them or to give them some kind of purpose is religion. Mm-hmm. Then they, you know, we that becomes a strong foundation of the African American culture is is religion. My right. family is is religious. A lot of black families are religious. Like, oh, you know, the black grandmother, the black aunts, the black, you know, great grandmothers, all this stuff like that. It's very they're all there's all so much religious connotation in everything that they say and do. And so that's so deeply ingrained in our culture. And within that, it's just that overall, you know, homosexuality is a sin and, you know, an abomination of God type thing. Okay, first of all, that's wrong. Like, even from a, like, scriptural standpoint, that's wrong. But Right. <laughs> se- but secondly, um, that was one of the reasons why I was an atheist for as long as I was. Um, I distinctly hated that aspect of the religious right and, like, the whole Prop 8 from 2008 uh, agenda of, like, you know, trying to protect the family because, like, the gay community was somehow, like, destroying families. As if, like you know, marriage and infidelity and toxic masculinity wasn't destroying families. If, like, income inequality wasn't destroying families. Like, all these other aspects of things that prevent people from having healthy marriages and and addressing their root emotional issues with everything going on in their life, particularly men who are, (laughs) like, so often the problem in these situations. But the reason why I was atheist was because I was, like, just not into that judgmental, like, BS. And I was like, that's not real. That's not true. Like, I... And this was something that I struggled with for a while because I had friends who were like, like I would go, I went to youth group with them a couple times. Like I was like friends with them and they were religious, but like, you know, they were very judgmental. I would say like they were, they were like, they were like we would make like inappropriate jokes and I didn't like it. And then I realized that there were, that I was a lot more supportive of the LGBT community than they were. And I, I went a different way in terms of my like belief system and I moved away from them. And then I started going into the space where I didn't believe in anything. And then I came around to the point where, okay, now I'm agnostic because I found atheist people as obnoxious as religious people. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then, you know, so on and so forth until I got to the point where like I needed something in my life that was that religious aspect, but I was so adamantly against the culture of anti LGBT that is was rampant in the Christian community up until I would say now they're finally reconciling with that a little bit more deliberately, particularly because I think they handled the AIDS crisis horribly. And I think a lot of people will tell you that's where a lot of that anti LGBT stuff came from was this fear of AIDS that then led to fear of homosexuality. Yeah. And obviously like America has been anti LGBT and homophobic for, you know, from its inception as culture has been. Um, but particularly when, when it gets to the actual text of the Bible and, and the, what Jesus actually teaches, it's so far removed from the anti LGBT it's actually pro LGBT, which a lot of people will be like, Oh my God, that's heresy to say, but it's not, it's in the Bible. Like it doesn't, it doesn't actually talk about sexuality at all, really, except a couple of different parts where they're talking about things that have nothing to do with being gay or straight. Yeah. Um, and people get that confused. Well, 
My my thing is like I didn't understand that everybody was that strict about the Bible to begin with because we just read this divorce rate. Like yeah. we don't even need to have this argument, but we already see the infidelity, the cheating, the murder, the crime, the lying, all these things that are actual commandments and shit that people are breaking every five seconds. Oh, let me just read you a couple. Okay. The Bible is a book about God, right? Not a book about human sexuality. But if we're going to talk about, let's say, um, let's say how God talks about sexual practices um, that, it, you know, God condemns or doesn't condemn. Let's talk about a couple like this. Uh, Deuteronomy 20, 20, 13, 21. If it is discovered that a bride is not a virgin, the Bible demands that she be executed by stoning immediately. Deuteronomy 22, 22. If a married person has sex with someone else's husband or wife, the Bible commands both adulterers be stoned to death. Mark 10, 1, 12. Divorce is strictly forbidden in both testaments, as is remarriage of anyone who has been divorced. Leviticus 18, 19. The Bible forbids a married couple from having sexual intercourse during a woman's period. If they disobey... Both shall be executed. Okay? And on and on and on. There's all of these things that are talked about. So let's get the killer motherfuckers in. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm confused. You mean to tell me that people that walk out across the street and push all the Black Lives Matter protesters out of the way to take a picture in front of a church with a Bible, yo ass got married three, four times, and you got all these women that have allegations against you for cheating and scandalous, slanderous shit, and you have the audacity to hold that book up. Right. When it says that you should be stoned. Like, it, be careful what you're reading. <laughs> the, yeah, so umsl.edu says, like, over the, cent- over the centuries, the Holy Spirit has taught us that certain Bible verses should not be understood as God's law for all time periods. Some verses are specific to the culture and time they were written and are no longer viewed as appropriate. We do that with a whole bunch of stuff in the Bible, if people are even reading it and paying attention to it. But nobody actually, like like follows all of this stuff in the first place, most importantly, that you should love thy neighbor as thyself. So that first and foremost is like the most important aspect of all of this shit, which means that you should be pro-LGBT by default. You wanna know why? Because you're pro-human by default. You're pro-everyone by default. And then there's this idea that there's, oh, um, I don't know, like Bible or marriage is between a man and a woman, Genesis 2, 21, 25, right? The creation story. And that, let's see, oh, what does the creation story say about homosexuality? Because the text says it is natural that a man and woman should come together to create a new life. Some people think this means gay or lesbian couples are unnatural. Well, what about couples who are unable to have children? What about couples who are too old to have children? What about couples who choose not to have children? Uh, what about people who are single? Are these relationships unnatural? Yeah, I guess. According <laughs> to the Bible. Yeah. There like are people that, probably out there that think that. Yeah. And so there's all of these myths that people have because... Honestly, the the culture of Christianity in this country has not done a good job of reconciling with the fact that, like, the LGBT community, like, is part of America and part of God's will. <laughs> like, like, people don't reconcile that in their brain. And so it's done a bad job and a disservice to teaching people to trust in God, if people are gay and God, if you believe God is in control, guess what? God wants people to be gay. See, but this is, this is the thing (laughs) because I, I'm going to, I'm just going to do this, uh, Harry, Harry and Meghan Markle style. Yeah. Like I don't say specifically who in my family. I just say like my family uh, has said, (laughs) 
had said certain things to me because I, 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 I spoke to them at the beginning of this year to kind of get everything out out on the air. So that's why this is this is this is a big thing for me to even be saying publicly. But my family is religious, so there there was there was a support there, and I'm not gonna I'm I'm gonna give it to them like cool that's awesome. Um, but. There, there is this very deeply ingrained black culture where it's like, cool, do you, but like, you don't got to put it all out there. So it's like still live in secret, more or less, even mm. if that's not what they intended to mean. That's my experience of how they said it, but it, that's what it felt like. Um, or then there's you know, a particular person might say something like, oh, like, it's fine because we got crackheads and all kinds of stuff in our family. And I'm just like... Well, shit, you're you comparing me to a crackhead? So, like, my thing, <laughs> yeah, well, that's my thing is like, to, there, there is this idea that like, oh, it's fine, yeah, gay people can be cool, even because God created you. God creates murderers, rapists, and all these things. So, like, you know, you just got to deal with your own sins. But why is it put in that category? Yes, like wrongfully, like people, because I think a lot of people get caught up on this whole Leviticus thing. What Leviticus is talking about in the context of the time period is particularly the Greco-Roman culture that was either referring to male prostitutes or pedophilia. And we all know how the Roman church likes to get down with pedophilia, right? Like, straight up. They ba- like, Did you ban it? Because yeah. last time I checked, it was popping off. And the Bible specifically says, don't do that, right? The That's people, what they're talking the people about. Who are, that are, whether it's, I don't even want to get into that, but the people who are so strictly adhering to this book and this abstinence and this and this sanctity is literally being accused of breaking exactly verbatim what that says. And it's not, written, not an interpretation. And it's written specifically for people who are within the law of, um, you know, the, the scripture. Right. So specifically people who teach it and practice it and move it forward. Yeah. Well, this I, is my understanding. You also got to take into consideration. There's a lot of people that don't believe the same Christian Bible as other people. Absolutely. So. How can you make a whole world adhere to your little rule book when the other people got a whole different rule book? Like we don't how that's the thing we need to understand as a hum, as a as a human race, as a as a group of people, we cannot get everybody on the same page like that. When you yeah. try to force people to get on the same page like that, bombs start going off and people start getting hurt. And right. that's why we're like looking all surprised, like, what's going on? Because you're trying to force somebody to be just like you. Right. So that that's already problem number one. But then on top of that, if someone does believe they have the same beliefs like me, right, where I, I consider myself Christian and I love God, I'm Jesus, I'm down with all of that. But it is very hard to be within that community because there's a lot of people that don't fuck with me or that won't fuck with me at, after this because of me discussing my sexuality. Right. Some people just want to keep it on the hush-hush. Don't talk about it. Let's just behind closed doors, do whatever you want to do. And I'm like, yes. I'm, I am going to be behind closed doors. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not about to go into detail to y'all how I, my sexual positions and what I like to do. Like, it, like you know, I'm not about to do all of that. <laughs> I'm not like, I'm not going to describe to you in detail and show you pictures. But at the same time, I have to speak on this part of me because I can't, I can't deal with the speculation. And if people say speculation is not real, how did, how did you first find out from somebody else? Right. Hear, hearsay. And we live together. And we live together. Yeah. So, like, someone else spoke my truth without me getting to speak it. Like, that how if I don't take the time to say what I feel and, and tell my experience, somebody else is going to tell it whatever way they want to tell it. And they're probably not going to do it in the nicest way. 
or they won't get it accurate. Like a lot of people, yeah. how a lot of people misrepresent to what bi is. And that, and so like that's it's just it's just so it's such a difficult thing because I'm tired of having to justify or explain myself. Because I I think I, one of the biggest things is I feel like there is a lot of people on both sides, whether they're the L, part of the LGBT community or not part of it, that both have this idea of bisexuality where they're like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Now I'm not knocking anybody who had the experience who went from you know I was I was straight. I was in denial. I was bi. I was experimenting heavily, heavier, more heavy on one side, and then I became completely lesbian or completely gay or trans or whatever you may. Or people who experience and then they become completely straight, or or just are a bi person who you know ends up married or in relationship yes. with in a heterosexual. But like, they're still yeah. bi. Yeah. If you were to marry in a heterosexual relationship, you're bi. You're still bi. But the thing exactly. is, people keep waiting for you to go one way or the other. And so, like, because uh, it's this binary mindset that people still are in, where they expect, like, it's like it has to, they have to put people in a group in order for it to make sense in their brain, and the groups are like super rudimentary. But fuck your brain, like I don't (laughs) give a shit about that brain. Like fuck your own brain. You, you, if you want to be a dumbass in your own time, by all means, be a dumbass. Like you're not a computer. My shit is on the spectrum. (laughs) You're like you're not a computer. Like you're like you can function with more than zeros and ones. Yeah. Even computers can function with more than zeros and ones when they put enough zeros and ones together, and then they're like, "Oh, this is like eight zeros and seventeen ones," and it's all crazy. But no, no shoe is gonna drop. Like, yeah. I, I would give so whatever I everything I owned to be just one or the other because it is not easy. It's not easy trying to explain or even have an understanding within myself to be like there is an attraction to to a certain energy and a certain type of person. And people, some people might believe that or like follow that if they're spiritual. So they might like, oh, yes, Mike, I totally understand. You're like connect with their souls and whatever their genitalia may be and all that stuff like that comes after. And I'm like, yes, pretty much. The first what comes first is can I fuck with you? Can I talk to you? Can I am I not annoyed with you? Mm-hmm. Do I like being around you? Yeah. Like that's how we should be judging people, period. Beyond, yeah. take out take out the sex. That's how we should be fucking with people, period. And maybe you won't be as racist and sexist and shit if you just fuck with people's energy and their souls and the content of their character, like Martin Luther King said. Yeah. Like, but no, instead, we worry about all this ex- extra shit on the outside. That's why we have this society that, uh, particularly in the black male community, where they would be like, there's a gay agenda. Because to them, what's normal is, oh, we get to be misogynistic without any repercussions. We get to have women in bikinis and, and video vixens and talk about women's vaginas and all that stuff on our own terms and do that because that's what men do. And, and when people try to take that away from us, that's not fair. But then, you know, little Nas X has three or four scantily clad men on his, on his set and everybody freaks out. All these black men like, oh, that's ridiculous. I can't believe he did all that. But no one, no one batted an eye when we had all them naked women on there. Yeah. When... When even Megan Thee Stallion and Tiana Taylor and all these other you know female artists and stuff, they even have women dancing on their sets, and they're heterosexual women from as far as I know. A lot of times and, they'll be like topless men dancing too, but but not all the time for them. Most of the time it's still women. That's true. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah. the misogyny and and the, how we treat women and be like you're just sex objects and shit like that is so bad that even the women do it, and so. Like, you're trying to tell me that 
to dismantle that and take that away and, and take power away from that from that toxic masculinity, to take power away from the misogyny is to make things gayer, is to is to create an agenda to take away manhood. I don't want manhood to be associated with the detriment or or the subjugation of women or femmes. But isn't that what we talked about when we talked about toxic masculinity? Is that it's a strain of masculinity that that objectifies and demonizes and is violent towards people. Like yeah. that's that is toxic masculinity. That yeah. is when masculinity becomes rampant. We talked about this in our episode that it becomes a gelatinous blob that destroys and eats up everything. Which is the same thing that cancer is, right? Yeah. So, so that in and of itself is the the thing that we're fighting against is the is the rampant, un, untamed masculinity. But why? So, did you ever? Because, like, I will say this is the thing. Like, when I was younger, I the religious customs and traditions and conservative conservative lifestyle just being in Bakersfield was so deeply ingrained in me I lived a long time where I just I did think that was just a bad part of me where I was like oh yeah like I I, uh, I like guys too in addition to girls like that's just the bad part of me that like I either need to bury deep deep away or maybe it'll go away sometime or maybe like I'll like to get really dark I was like well maybe like I won't live that long and then like I can be done with it like you, like you. Sometimes you, you. I'm, but that's a that's a thing, and you know that's that's statistically a thing. Being part of the LGBT community and best definitely being repressed. We're yeah. like either I, uh, either something happens to me or I make it happen to me. I never, I never really had those thoughts as much. But you definitely wish you just didn't exist because you're like my existence is going to bring pain and problems to people that I love and care about because they don't like who I am. So you, you have a fear like, well, all my family and stuff might say this abomination of God or this is a sin and that's disgusting. So you're like, I don't want to be disgusting. I don't want to be a sin. I don't want to be that. So there was, I, I was even perpetuating that being part of the community my whole life. I was even mean to people who were, who identified as gay. I was, mm-hmm. I was, I had my nose turned up to women who identified as lesbian. I I was questionable in in making fun of people who called themselves bi. You know, back in high school, back in junior high, it's like I was outwardly hating myself because of of how deeply ingrained those things were. I mean, it's so crazy, man. Like I I looked at I looked at something that I like. I went back through some of my old um, writing when I was a kid, and or like in high school, and I saw that there was something I wrote junior year of high school where it was like you know, like some short film idea that I wrote with like some friends and I looked at it and it was like all of those jokes that were like, Oh, ha ha, this person's gay, blah, 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 blah. And then a year later I wrote an essay like to get into college about how my senior year I had like, um, you know, joined like day of silence and, and realized like the importance of, of that and, and kind of like turning a new leaf as far as like my awareness and understanding of like being an ally to the LGBT community. And just like a year of transition from getting out of that culture that I was in where I was like, you know, oh, we made fun of people, you know, because we were like guilty or, or not necessarily guilty, but we were ashamed or, or, or culturally it was like funny, whatever. Yeah. And, and and then a year later, like actually knowing people who identify as LGBT and like seeing the difference that that makes. But I can't I can't understand what it's like to be that and then also be like kind of hiding it 
because I, I remember hiding behind, you know, oh, this is just culturally, you know, oh, haha, like, we're just joking, you know, it's, you know, because that was in the popular culture in the media at the time. Yeah. But, like, not having that identity, like, as a heteronormative person. Um, but to, like, I don't know what that's like for you. I mean, because, like, did you, like, when did you know? You said earlier it was, like, six or seven. Like, well, one, saying heteronormative, like... Oh, so that's the normal thing to be hetero? Uh, whatever. No, just kidding. <laughs> is, is that the wrong way to say it? I don't know. I, no, I mean, that's a word. That's that's a that's a, that's a a real word that people use. But I, I'm saying my, I just don't, I like whatever, fuck it. Because that's that's implying that it is normal and other things are abnormal. But. Yeah, I don't like using the word normal. But I, I thought that heteronormative was the thing that you say. That's talking about heteronormative is like Disney fucking putting princes who always marry the princess, even if you've never met her, he kisses her one time. It's problem problematic, but it's heteronormative. So let's just instead of saying heteronormative, let's say toxic masculinity. Yes. <laughs> so toxic just, masculinity. Just being culture. Heter- just heterosexual. Just yeah. a hetero, like a, in a hetero relationship. Yeah. Or a hetero person. Yeah. But like, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't the thing is, it's not the only thing that's hard to identify with or to connect, I think, is just the pain. Exactly. Of what it of of that was put upon me or the shame. But the everything else is the same. Like, there's not some weird, like, oh well, because I am bisexual, like the way I think about people is different. Or the way how I think about sex is different. Or the way how I, I, I want to date people is different. It's not like I know there's this idea that like from, you know, this the small sect of bigoted ass people mm-hmm. uh, that it's like it's just it's shrouded in this lewdness, pr- promiscuity, just overly sexual. You know, they see pride parade. They see all this stuff and they're like, it's just sexual, just sex. That's all they care about. And I'm like, you're right. You know. God damn those gay people with that one parade they have once a year. Let's just disregard that you had a copper-toned three-year-old baby girl with her butt out for years on a fucking advertisement. Let's just ignore that Sports Illustrated existed before we actually talked about women who played in actual sports. Let's uh, And you just had them in bathing suits. Mm. Um, let's uh, let's talk about how there's beauty pageants that just rate and just just like which woman is the hottest woman in the world. Let's let's just disregard that TV is like oh no we can't show a woman's nipple or her titty but we can show a man with no shirt because if we show a woman's titties it's gonna it's gonna be too much for TV and oh if girls wear spaghetti straps in elementary school it's gonna rile the boys up because you know how they are you don't want to be too sexual little girl. Like, all that shit is apparently the hetero shit. But you trying to tell me that the gay culture is too fucking focused on sexuality. Seems like, to me, the heterosexual community is too focused on sexuality. Particularly because the heterosexual community focuses on the the sex aspect of, of sexuality. Yeah. And I would, I would even argue, because I would challenge myself, I won't say it's just heterosexual or hetero, the hetero community. I'll say America, because like other countries are different. Some are more strict and some are less strict. Yeah. Uh, but America in particular, and American media in particular, because a lot of what, what we growing up learn from is the media. Yeah. From what representation is out there. Like what Little Nas X did... On SNL would have not been allowed to be on TV, 
But, you know, in the movies, we would have been allowed to say the F word and call people faggot or whatever. And blow them to hell and, you know, show, you know, disfigurements and murder and violence and all that. Oh, yeah, that's fine. But God forbid we show two men holding hands. Like, like, so, Mm. like, that's that's the thing that fucks with me is, like, I would, if if we were living in some strict-ass, crazy-ass, totalitarian fucking, you know, militaristic country where it's, like, Y'all can't have guns, violence. You can't slap nobody. You can't talk bad about nobody. There's no gay sex. There's no straight sex unless you're married. If everything was super strict all across the board, I'd be like, okay, I get it. We're just fucking nuts. But what I can't fuck with and mess with is that there is all these double standards all over the place where it's like, this is not allowed in the Bible, but we're still going to put it on TV. This is something that we loosely interpreted that's not allowed in the Bible can't be on TV. So like, it's it's like follow your rules or don't. If like, because if you don't want to follow them, guess what? A lot of us don't want to. So let's just stop following the, the rules. Like, or like never never designed and created and and retold over and over again by King James and his cousins. Like, we don't need to follow those rules completely. We know they didn't have it down pat. King James probably married his cousin, didn't he? I think so. I don't know the history. But either or, it's a trip that we will stay so true to a book like that, yet we get mad about their rules and their and the, that they put upon us and have a whole revolutionary war to break ourselves from them. Do you not want to listen to them or do you want to listen to them? Yeah. It's... Like America got daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> that is accurate. Um... But getting back to specifically, I mean, what you were talking about earlier with like the like the violence issue and, and not wanting to live. I mean, we have some statistics here that are really, really scary. And anyone, I don't care who you are, should be should be upset about this. So, like, I mean, let's just look at like homelessness. First of all, LGBT homelessness, according to TrueColorsUnited.org, in the United States, 4.2 million youth experience home, homelessness each year. According to a recent study from Chapman Hall at the University of Chicago, LGBTQ young people are 120% more likely to experience homelessness than non-LGBTQ. 120% more? Yeah. It's estimated that about 7% of youth in the United States are LGBT, while 40% of youth experience homelessness are LGBT. Yeah, because their parents are kicking them out and shit. Yeah. If their parents are not kicking them out, they feel like they need to get kicked out, so they leave. But yeah. Yeah. And then there's, um, you know, self-inflicted violence from, this is from Trevor Project. Suicide is the second leading cause of death among young people ages 10 to 24, right? And LGBT youth seriously contemplate suicide at almost three times the rate of heterosexual youth. That's nuts. LGBT youth are almost five times as likely to have attempted suicide compared to heterosexual youth. And of all the suicide, suicide attempts made by youth, LGBT youth suicide attempts were almost five times as likely to require medical treatment. So that means they're... You know, it's it's worse. Um, I mean, this is there's they go on and on and on with these statistics about you know LGBT um, suicide, and we know that this is an issue. Even the religious right knows that this is an issue, um, and that's one of the things that has started changing their mind, at least as far as how they address it, um, and and reconciling with it. Like particularly, you know, there's that story about Chick Fil A, how Chick Fil A was donating to anti LGBT groups, and then all of a sudden they. They, re- they had a talk with one of the leading, um, you know, anti-suicide um, 
LGBT youth groups. I, I don't know if it was Trevor Project or not. I, I don't know the background about the actual organization, but they turned their leaf and they stopped donating to the anti-LGBT family groups because of that. I don't know where they stand now, but that was just last I heard on that subject. So like religious organizations don't want anyone committing suicide, rightfully so, even the super conservative ones. Yeah, they shouldn't. Yeah, no one, no one wants anyone inflicting self-harm, right? This is why people get so, you know, hung up on the, the pro-choice, pro-life uh, stance of the red and blue, the Democrat and Republican, because the, if both of those people were staying true 100% to what, they, what their stances are, that means to me that no one can die. Yeah. We got to make sure everybody alive. Both sides are saying it, right? Yeah. Pro-choice, pro, pro-life. Uh, cause like one person saying you have the right to choose to do whatever your body, cause it's your body. So people shouldn't be able to control and, and, and decide what, what happens to it. And then the other side is saying like, everybody need to live. But for some reason that side of says everybody needs to live means like, they're like pro-life except for, <laughs> and they're like, you know, the high rate of LGBT people. I mean, it's unnatural. So they got to go, uh, black people. I mean, you just follow the rules. Which it's of not cops. unnatural. Huh? It's yeah, not, it's not. It's not unnatural, but that's. I mean, Come on it, now. It might be a, a weird, you know, overall consensus of that group. Yeah, but, ignorant consensus. And yes. you know, like black people getting killed by cops, it's like, oh well, maybe you should follow the law a little bit better, and you wouldn't get killed. Like all these things are not pro life, so that's why yeah. I get so thrown off. And, oh yeah, that is that has boggled my mind continually ever since I you know have become religious. And that's and why I don't think it has to do with the pro-life. I it's not. It it's not. It doesn't have anything to do with what's physically in the religion. It's it's a cultural thing that people get caught up on because it's American culture. And they're and, and once again they're worried about people's like genitals and what's going on in their bodies and their sex and in their bedroom. And it's pro-violence. It's pro-death. It's funny. It's like you think you're the pro-life party. You're actually the pro-death party because well, that's of a strong stance. I, I honestly, I don't mind taking a strong stance on it because it's true. Like, like being pro-military and being pro-police pro is in a way pro-death. So it is what it is. America has a violence problem. We know this. The world. But America in particular, yeah. Yeah, America in particular, though as we've discussed before, it's a, it's a worldwide issue. Yeah, but um, for our, in our bubble. <laughs> yeah. But it is what it is. Like, you can fight me on it, but we know it's true. We know how many people die. Like, yeah. Like, it's just, I'm, it just is what it is. And particularly that violence when it extends to LGBT people, LGBT people are nearly four times more likely than non LGBT people to be victims of violent crime. And so that, that, I mean, that stems from hatred, that stems from confusion, that stems from there are people out there. You know, that might hate themselves so badly, they will take it out on you. Yeah. And violent think, victimization, sexual assault, aggravated or simple assault. Yeah, see, I think about that all the time. I even think about it before we even did this episode. I was like, do we do we ignore this? Do we do 40 episodes and I ignore <laughs> like talking about this? Because I because like there's a chance that it could just make things harder for me and I could just walk out there one day and just get my teeth stuck and knocked out. Well, why why do you feel why do you want to come out and why do you want to come out now? Uh well, one it's fucking June, so like ta- I'm not gonna let Target be the only one that fucking uses this for SEO. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but two, um, 
I, I'm entering a space where I am getting more in tune with my writing. I'm getting more in tune with storytelling and sharing my experiences. And that comfortability is still edited. Like, believe yeah. it or not, the last 30 something odd episodes that we have done of this podcast were still edited. I was, I've been editing myself all this time. Like, I mean, now you probably could listen, listen to this episode and then go back. <laughs> if you were unaware, go back and listen to them. You'll catch the moments where I am, I, I am making it very obvious or I'm subliminally letting you know that I am bisexual because my terminology has always been that way. Like I will refer to uh, being in a relationship versus saying I date a girl. Or I will say partner versus, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend. Right. Like, so, like, there's these there's things, you know, that I definitely, I've always been comfortable to, to have myself say because that's, because I'm proud of it. But there was the, the part that wasn't proud of it where I still would not openly just let it be out there. And that, and I'm tired of doing that. I'm tired of feeling like I'm a hic- hic- like a hiccup. Or like I'm short of breath because I'm like, you know, I'm going to share myself and be this guy who puts himself all the way out there. But like not everything. I'll let the rest be up to speculation. I'll let people talk about my back. I'm like, ain't going to be no talking about my my fucking back. I'm 360, bitch. I see it all. Like there's no more talking about how my back. I'm going to put it all out there so you know. But move on. And from now on, now I can fucking comment on like how watching the Avengers was such an experience for me because yes, Gamora and Black Widow were fucking amazing, but like, I cannot not look at Chris Evans. <laughs> so like, like, come on. Yeah. Like, you ain't gotta be gay to look at that shit. You ain't even gotta be bi. He's so, very, very, very attractive. Yes. So like, this is, this is literally the reason why I came out and said I'm bisexual is so I can openly talk about Chris Evans' ass. <laughs> <laughs> that line in, in Avengers uh, Infinite or er, Endgame when yes. he's like, "This is America's ass," and I was like, "You damn skipping! <laughs> <laughs> you damn right, it's America's ass." Uh, but yeah, no, I just want to live my truth and the full truth, and I not just a piece of it, not just seventy five percent, yeah, not sixty eight or whatever percent. I don't know, it's a weird number. Well, yeah, I mean, I like I have I have kind of the opposite thing where it's like I have been very wary of talking about my religious, you know, awakening, whatever. Um, when you found Jesus? Yeah. When where'd I, you um, find him at? <laughs> where was he hiding when, when you dude, found Dude, it was him? an alley. In, uh, it was a random alley in Safeway. It was weird. I like, I <laughs> will say that, like, when you be, when you had this awakening or revival, I was kind of jealous. I like, I was like on a hipster like thing. It was like, I knew Jesus first and you denied him. Like I moved in with you and I had my Bibles on the, you know, the top of my, my moving box. Cause you can't put no other box or book on top of the Bible mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I was like, I just always had my Bibles everywhere. Even on my dashboard, I keep a little baby Bible on my dash. Y'all should, if you're religious and you're a Christian, whatever, whatever you believe in, get your book, your designated book and get a little baby one and put it on your dashboard. Cause if you get in a car accident, you need to pull that motherfucker out and say them last rights. So you can make sure you go to the right place. But yeah. When you, but, to, when, but to my point. Yeah. When, when you had your awakening. I was the most thing I was the most conscious and, and nervous about was the LGBT issue because I have been pro LGBT before I was religious. And so that was my number one sticking point in in the conversion and in being religious in general is if I was going to do this and I was going to believe this thing, it had to be inclusive to the LGBT community. And by extension, it has to be inclusive to all people. 
Because if I'm, if I'm believing this, I'm not going to believe some shit that tells me that homosexuality is a sin. I'm not going to believe some shit that tells me that being in a relationship with, like, a same-sex relationship is not natural. Because that's bullshit. Flatly. Well, then why did you go back? Because I realized that's not in there. I realize it has nothing to do with that, and that's a way that it's been corrupted by the American culture. Yeah. And and the very few references to sexuality that are in the Bible are very specific to the time period and very specific to certain aspects, which we already covered. Yeah, yeah. It has nothing to do actually with sexuality and and in in general at all. Period. Yeah. The Bible is just a is literally just a a bunch of stories, a handful of stories, an anthology of people being like, "I was living a fucked up life, now I'm living a better life." Because yeah, I, it's about I chilled the fuck out. It's about grace and redemption. It's about forgiveness for all of the things, all of the guilt and the shame that keeps so many people from coming out and admitting things that they've done or problems that they have. Yeah, I would say the sin of homosexuality for me was hating myself. Mm, a hundred percent. That was that was what what caused the pain and the problem was that I should have never hated myself. I was made the way I was, perfectly and beautifully by the hands of God. Yeah. <laughs> so like it this it, it wasn't a fuck up. It wasn't a mess up. I'm a I'm a great model. I am not uh, obsolete. I am not incorrect. I'm not imperfect. You know, in that regard, I, I I'm who I am. A hundred percent. So like I it's it's just for so long. You want to not bring that up, though, because other people put some shit on you. Yeah, definitely. And that's how, you know, I feel in a certain way telling people that I'm Christian. They think I'm, oh, so you are bigoted. Oh, so you are anti-LGBT. Oh, so all of these things that come with the culture of Christianity that's been curated over the past 60, 70 years in America. That's not accurate to actually what is in the Bible. And also, if we're speaking about the Bible, people have to remember that God is so much bigger than the box that you put God in. Like, the universe, God is the universe. So if we're going to get metaphysical and all this, like, all of the ways that people are spiritual not involving God or with a different religion, in my opinion, it's all talking about the same thing. Like, you and I had this discussion when the first day you moved in, we were talking to our friend who at the time, I was agnostic. He was very religious. You, I think, were somewhere in the middle at the time. And we talked about religion being like an ice cream flavor. Do you remember this conversation we had? Sure. I'm yes. not going to name the friend, but I think you yeah, know who yeah, I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, and you and I are on the same page. It's like, oh, it's all just a different flavor of, of ice cream. Absolutely. Of explaining the same thing. People be ready to fight me, though. Because I know. If, they if I try to really say mad. that, oh, people who are, you know, Muslim or Islam versus Christianity versus Catholicism versus, you know, any other Judaism sect. versus yeah, Buddhism any other, any other versus... sect denomination. Yeah. If I said it's just another flavor of ice cream, but it's all ice cream, and everyone's like, no, no, mine's the right one, though. I'm like... No, it's what is it made out of? The same, but it has the same base basic principles. Or who's the same chef? Yeah, you might have just yeah, it might have been the same chef, the same recipe, but you might have added some macadamia nuts in that motherfucker, some mints and some chocolate chips. You might be like, oh, I can't even have dairy like that, so mine is gonna be made with almond milk because I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah, but it's still ice cream. Even religious people will pick and choose, um, you know. Uh, verses or or edicts that they follow like 
Like, they're more important to them. Like, oh, I, you know, I'm really anti-LGBTQ, but, like, I'm really pro-violence. Well, how does that work? Thou shall not kill. And they just mad. See, like, I think people are just mad because they still eating fucking boring-ass vanilla, and Mm -hmm. I got a rainbow sherbet in this motherfucker, Mm -hmm. and my shit tastes better. Yep. Don't be mad at me. (laughs) Ask me. Be like, can I have some? I'm like, yeah, you can have some. You ain't got to eat it all the time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You can have a little bite, though. (laughs) and, And to my point, like, like... Like the universe, God is so much bigger than than what we can imagine, and then what's in that book? Look outside. Look at the world. Like the world, the like God is writing and rewriting the Bible in the world all the time, in my opinion. Yeah. So you have to look at the world that you live in, analyze the text, but look at the world, and listen to people, and hear them, and connect with them, and and just expand your mind because. God is expansive. The universe is expanding, right? Mm-hmm. That's what science tells us. Well, who's doing that? Whoever you believe in or exactly. don't believe in, they's doing that. Yeah, like, I know I sound like a crazy nut talking about yeah, this. Yeah, it's like we went like to evangelical like <laughs> podcast, but like a woke one. I don't know. I like the thing is like I, I just listen to people. I take information and I try to learn. And I try to do better, and I think that's what people, all people, should do. You should try to make the next right decision in your life. And I think forgiving yourself for the sin that you pointed out, which is hating yourself, or forgiving yourself for past mistakes that you've done, um, is the only way to move forward from guilt and shame. Yeah. Whatever that is. And it, I mean, this doesn't, it sucks because like even having this conversation and putting myself out there in this regard... Like it doesn't negate and get rid of like I we I showed you a couple of videos uh, before we did we had this episode and one of them was like Judge Joe Brown saying some off the wall shit mm-hmm. um, and some other guys but basically it's still like focusing on that whole like agenda of taking away the masculinity and manhood of black men yeah. and so this black men have like this huge fear of homosexuality and some black and some black women do and. It just sucks because it's like, how how can we fix our main problem when we can't even like solve acceptance of those little things? Like, it's so hard for me to basically to to be out here like Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. When at the end of the day, if tomorrow all white people said, "Guess what? Reparations. We're sorry. Here's everything you wanted uh, for retribution for slavery. Everything we, we're." If they handed us that tomorrow, it wouldn't solve the other issues that we have within our community. And, you know, I ain't even got to go into detail about colorism and, and homophobia and all of that. But those issues are, are very prevalent in our, in our community. And they are pre- prevalent in almost any ethnic, uh, ethnic group um, in their own regard. You know? and, to, and to extend from that to Christianity, like, how is it that, you know, the black community and the white community are so religious, but yet white Religious people are some of the most racist. That's what I'm saying. How does that work? Okay. So this t- is speaking a, to my community. This is the thing, though. You mean to tell me, because even the judge, Joe Brown, whatever, when he was saying this off-the-wall shit, um, <laughs> he's like the crazy drunk uncle that drank too much Crown Royal at, at the fish fry. Uh, <laughs> but when he was saying his off-the-wall shit, I was like, you mean to tell me, because he's talking about things like the way how it used to be, and I'm like... The fact that a black person and a black man have the audacity to use the way it used to be or the past as a reference to justify your ignorance, you mm-hmm. look crazy. 
I'm like, so you mean to tell me that you think gay is a sin because what? The white man told you 100 years ago? When did he tell you? In between when he's whooping your ass and raping your wife? Because, mm. like, I don't want to... <laughs> I'm not taking no, no... I'm taking everything with a grain of salt. If somebody... If this is something that we learned during the slavery era, <laughs> I don't... I'm, I'm going to rewrite it. Yeah. You don't need to talk about it right now. People used to use the Bible to justify slavery, by the way. Ugh. Yeah. And then we have... Uh, we, then we take the same book and be like, we're going to use it to hate other people. No. Yeah. Stop using that book as to justify your hate and your fear. Yeah. You deal with that on your own time. You deal with that with yourself. It's the problem. Yeah, it's the problematic systems and the problematic cultures that that pe- problematic people create along the way, and they use whatever mechanisms they can in order to justify it. Okay, so in TV, we're seeing in TV movies and pop culture, we're seeing more mainstream gay, lesbian, LGBT characters. And storylines being portrayed. Well, we had those in the past, but most of the time they were portrayed by people pretending to be gay or mm. pretending to be lesbian or men dressing up as women or women dressing up as men. Now we get to see people who are actually part of the trans community, people who are actually gay, who are actually lesbian, playing these roles that are true to you know some identities that they may have. And I mean, for me, I love it, but I, I wanted to ask like your opinion. Do you think... Do you think that is safe and good to be putting that stuff out there for kids to see? Because, you know, that's an argument. People are like, kids just need to be kids. They don't need to be thinking about all of that. You know, thinking about sex and thinking about the homosexuals and, and straight and gay. They, that's too much for children. Well, first of all, the the people, the same people who are saying that are the ones that are saying that Harry Potter is evil for kids and that Pokemon is demons and that's evil for kids. It is. <laughs> that's why I like it. Like, so, so I take everything that they think with a grain of salt. But yeah, it's like every time Disney puts like a background character kissing someone in a movie, it's like all of a sudden a huge social social media like outrage campaign against yes. it. Yes, but, but Snow White getting roofied and then getting and he's making out with her while she's roofied is okay. That's a very good point. Um, but I think that representation is hugely important because you think about the culture that we grew up in, we didn't have like representation that was like written by the people of the identity who is being seen on screen. First of all, secondly, we didn't have the like representation that was thoughtful or accurate to the actual experience or in any way positive, or we at least, you know, wasn't mainstream at the time. Yeah. And so that comes with all of these like cultural biases that people like me grew up with that had to unlearn over their life. Um, So yeah, I think it's incredibly important for kids to see it. Now, I think kids should be watching shows that are like content made for kids. Like kids should be watching Degrassi. Like yes. and talking about these issues. But Degrassi, yeah, yeah, Degrassi had it in there. It still talks about. I think kids should watch stuff that's kid appropriate, written for kids. But the subject matter should be kid things that kids actually go through and actually experience with k- kids who are of the identity, or or people who are of the identity that is representational of America of the world. Yeah. Like so, it's like oh, are kids supposed to be watching some rated R movie that's like for adults? Probably not. But yeah. they should still be talking about themes and have diverse and representative, particularly LGBT representation in kids' shows. Yes. And the thing is, like, there, while the representation of stuff like Degrassi and other movies, like, there was always, it was always like the serial killer or somebody who was like, the homosexuality was always connected to something bad. Like, the yeah, person that's was a huge issue. And then if they weren't unstable, then they'd get in their ass beat. 
And so, like, it was, like, just as much as we had talked about black trauma, there was, like, always the gay trauma or, you know, LGBTQIA trauma. Mm-hmm. And watching that all the time is not healthy because, like, I'm watching Degrassi and stuff like that. I'm like, this is reinforcing why I should just keep it to myself because I'm not trying to get knocked the fuck out like Marco did in, in the show. Mm, and so, like, yeah. looking at that's it's while it's giving me representation for some parts and he's and he's living a joyous, happy life. More so in the later seasons, earlier seasons, it still made it seem really scary. Yeah, because it was at that time period where it wasn't as like uh, accurate. Yeah, it's still bad. Yeah, it was bad. Um, and so now, what the reason why like Pose and just Billy Porter in fucking general, and anything that Ryan Murphy makes <laughs> lately, because he he going he be going hard on it. But um, just shows in general, like I don't even I can't even name them off the top of my head. But if those things appear and it, and there's that visibility, now we get to see joyous situations. Yeah. Because now it's I think it is good. Because if I was a little kid and I was able to watch TV. And I saw a black bisexual man happy. And when he's an adult, I'd have been like, oh, like I don't need to be bummed out or really sad or, you know, because or like ashamed of myself because he's happy. I can be happy. But up, up until then, up until 2014, 15, 16, 17, when these shows started to come out in the forefront, I was still like. I don't think I'm going to be that happy. I, I come mm. to terms with, I think I'm going to probably have a very hard life. It's going to be very shitty. People are going to be mean to me. People in my community might want to kill me if they find out everything about me. But that's but as long as I figure out how to navigate it, I'll be okay. Like, I, I had those thoughts up until recently. Like, I was just like, it's just going to suck for me. And mm. now I'm starting to realize, like, it's not. It doesn't have to be that way. Like, I'm looking, I'm like, wait, Billy Porter is proud of who he is, and he's happy now. He wasn't always able to do that, but now that I'm able to see those things, I'm like, oh, there is, I can be, like, in full, complete happiness. I don't have, I don't have to be pretending to be happy anymore. Well, how do you feel, you know, six months later after coming out to your family? Oh, I was... I was ready to turn the fuck up, but I still had, <laughs> <laughs> I still had social media and extended family friends from Bakersfield who I never talked to them about this at all, ever. Mm. Uh, and so it's, I was still like very, I was still very edited and I was still doing the same things. My family just knew about it. And they're still doing the same family thing where they're like, we want grandbabies and we want children and we want when you're going to get married and when you're going to do all of that. And it's like. Which that's just like a, like across the board, a family thing that yeah. all families do. They'll do that all across the board. Granted, they are, they do keep pushing the female narrative more. And I'm like, hey, I don't know who it's going to be. Y'all keep fucking around. It's going to be, it ain't going to be no gender. And y'all going to really have to, we're going to have to have a conversation. <laughs> uh, it's going to be just someone, because that's, cause that's the thing. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it it does feel better now that my family and people that are the closest to me know, but now that I just want to get it out there because I'm just like I'm just tired. I'm I'm ha- I am having so much fun, but everybody doesn't even get to see how much fun I'm having because I'm afraid to share my full happiness with everybody mm. for the longest time. Like you know how people say like on social media, you just take glimpses of all the best moments of your life and then put it on there so you can brag. That's not true. There's so much I don't share or show because I'm like, oh, well, I can't show them, you know, me dancing to a, a Jesse Ware song. because That's gay. Or mm. I can't really talk about how, like, 
uh, I listen to Natasha Bedingfield like when I drive in the like L.A. Like I might make jokes about it, but I can't be like I can't be proud of like those moments that could be considered feminine or or, or queer or gay because which I was, that's I where the fear. toxic masculinity aspect of it comes in because that has not that stuff has nothing to do with nothing, sexuality. Nothing. I know What's I know other? the straightest guys in the world that are obsessed with Taylor Swift, and I'm like that's some gay shit. But <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but but it's not. It's just like be like having feelings having emotions like listening to music who who cares who listens to it you know right like it doesn't matter express and love and and just and enjoy things why are we why are we making particular things like why can you go to a bar and if the guy orders like can i get like a I don't know like a chocolate martini They're like oh he wants to get a chocolate martini that's a girl's drink what what is a girl's drink? A, gr- would... a drink that's easier to put a roofie in? You toxic dirt bag? Yeah. What the fuck is a girl's drink? I don't understand what that means. I went to uh, New York and I had a Cosmo. <laughs> Cosmo. That's, that's and I fun. felt like I felt like Carrie from Sex in the City. You know what I mean? Yes, and everyone should be able to feel like her if they want to feel like her for a little bit. Yeah. That ain't mean you got to all of a sudden change your whole outfit and 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 how you're having sex and who you fall in love with. Ain't nobody said all of that. But you can, why, why do we make it a bad thing for men to look up to women? That is such a good question. Why? Like, that's crazy to me. Like, if your son's growing up and he's like, I really love Diana Ross. I like, I love, I want, like, I want to sing like her and be like her. Now, not, not the, you know, the, the, the bad parts, but like. Just he wants to be like her or something like that. You know, the dad will be like, "Oh, that's some gay shit," and then you know, probably whoop his ass. But it's like, then who do you want him to be like? Do you want him to bring up some random like I don't know war general? Like I, I want to be like him. We were talking about this before we started recording. The idolatry of this whole thing is is just like turning people into idols in general is bad. Yeah, yeah. The idol is just that idolizing anyone to that extreme extent is bad. Like you can't be Diana Ross, you have to be Denzel Washington, or you can't be such and such, you have to be, you know, some action hero. You have to be Chris Evans. You can't be, you know, Scarlett Johansson or whatever. Like yeah. just the the idolization of like this is what it means to be a man. Donald Trump, as some people think, is like the epitome of manliness. Um, oh my! If that, <laughs> like, if Donald if, Trump is the epitome of, of manness, I'm out. Yeah. Count me out. I'm wearing dresses. I'm wearing thongs, pantyhose, all the stereotypical women shit you could think of. I'm not doing it. But even that, even even saying, and you you call a lot of people on this, so like I'm not trying to call you on it, but even just saying like, oh, like a dress is what it means to be a woman. It's like no, plenty of women wear pants too, or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's so silly. Yeah. I think it's so much easier to live when we get rid of all of these unnecessary rules. Yeah. We're so badly trying to fucking navigate around all these crazy rules, all this shame, all this, like, discreetness. And it's causing pain. It's causing turmoil. It's causing the lack of communication. The whole reason why we even have this podcast to begin with is because we feel like people don't want to communicate or talk about the topics they need to talk about yeah. like this like, or or you don't have the dial you don't have the space to do it in 140 characters or in an instagram story yeah 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 imagine me just trying to do this like just in a tweet i know it's like, <laughs> i might later once this episode is good like good and out there just then tweet I'll be it like, by the way, <laughs> just by, be, I, by the way. Yes, I'm just going to just do that. Just, by yeah. the way. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That'll be, mark my words, that'll be it. Yeah. But it's, 
Yeah, it's just it's it's crazy how how much is changing in front of us, and so like, but I'm keeping my eyes very much peeled on the bigotry and the the customs and things that I grew up around because I'm still connected to Bakersfield in a conservative lifestyle. So I can see how they're responding to it and I can see how the people who are part of it or who are okay with it responding to it. Well, even me, like, I think, like, I still struggle with, I haven't watched a lot of content that's, like, uh, like some of the best LGBT media that's out there. Because you're a bigot. (laughs) <laughs> it's because, it's because I just haven't extended myself that far, you know? Like, there's a lot of stuff that I haven't seen. Like, I watched a couple episodes of Pose, but I haven't finished it. Yes. And it's just, it's important to, even if you someone who you think that you are woke or you think that you're an ally to go further and expose yourself to areas of interest that you wouldn't, maybe well, wouldn't be your first pick because it's not the first thing that comes to your head. Yes. I, I will say that you do need to challenge yourself from what I've seen, challenge yourself a little bit more. It's a blind on, spot. On watching shows or ident- or just identifying with pop culture or literature or arts that have people leading the charge that don't look like you because when we all have these conversations and I'll be like, have you seen this show? Like, you know, I made a story or something like that. And you're like, no, I haven't seen it yet. And I'm like, you, it's hard to probably reconcile, but the reason why you haven't had an urgency to see it because she's a black woman. Those are things that are so far away removed from you that you like. You're like it's it's like you're going to go watch a documentary about somebody else, like another culture in another country. Like it's like it's it's out of your. It's like hard to relate to, or that's what you think. But uh, or that's what that's what it may seem or feel like to me. That's my experience. I don't think that I don't, I don't want to say put words in your mouth. But yeah, I mean, it, I I it took me a long time to start that show, and I've and I've yeah. definitely started watching it. And that's I can say the same thing for me. Uh, growing up, I didn't. There was a lot of shows that I wouldn't watch because I was afraid of. It was like no one to talk to about it. Like mm. if I'm not talking to my friends, and all my friends from back home have never heard me say in my family that from back home have never heard me say I'm bisexual, you couldn't damn well know I was not talking to them about any shows that were predominantly females or any shows that were considered to be for women. I was keeping that to myself. Like I didn't yeah. I didn't go around and be like, oh my God, you guys see the hills last night? No, I just wouldn't talk about it because yeah. I was like, they're going to make fun of me or something like that. And it was so annoying because I was a person who I could go toe-to-toe with anyone, verbally or physically. And I still was afraid that someone was going to talk shit about me when I knew I could easily eat somebody up with my words. But yeah, I would keep all that stuff to myself or I wouldn't watch it. Yeah, so that's, that's why I can say I can relate because I would just avoid Gossip Girl because I was like, oh, that's some gay shit. It's like a lot of times not even a conscious thing or like a lot of white people just didn't watch quote unquote black movies for so long because they didn't think it applied to them. There's so many movies that I had to see after the fact to realize I was like, oh, this is great. Like this is about my, you know, or I can relate to this in some ways, even if I can't relate to it, it's just funny or it's just a good movie. Like you can relate to anything. You just we we got so used to getting fed shit that that looked like us and 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 talk like us and and, and this, didn't there's also extend. just like a hatred because i every time we discuss that like that you don't watch movies because you can't relate to it, it's like then why the fuck are y'all watching breathless then ain't none of you bitches french <laughs> like why the why are you watching this movie from like this german impressionist film yeah. ain't nobody up in here german Ain't nobody up in here lived in 1937 or 1948. Yeah. Why are you watching this shit? You can't relate to this. 
Oh, but you can't watch a movie about a guy who grew up in L.A. two two blocks away from you because he's black because you're worried you might not be able to identify with that? Well, but a lot of times watch- the hipster people look at it as like, oh, it's like not high art, some of this stuff. Like, yeah. like, like I, you know what I'm talking about. Like, if we're talking about German or, or French movies, they're like, oh, that's high art. Oh, it's like from like the 60s or the 70s. Oh, it's so good, the 1920s. Um, and then you cut to like, let's say like, What's an example? Um, this Christmas or something like that. And you're like, oh, I can't watch that. It's like a Lifetime movie. Yeah. But see, that's, that's once again, we're playing from these old, outdated playbooks. Yeah. We need to be okay with setting them bitches on fire. Because what, what happens is, is we have enough knowledge and, and experience now that we can start over and make something and create something better. We won't like if we if we throw away the playbook right now, we won't be like, oh my god, we have no idea what to do at all. That's no, that's not what we didn't say get amnesia. We we said we're just saying throw away that old, crusty ass, outdated 1922 playbook that says gay people can't do this, women can't do that, we fuck the black people, uh, we don't know how we feel about the Jewish community, we uh, you know, men are in power. Like that that playbook that has like that all those weird Weird, racist, sexist, homophobic, uh, uh, you know, able, ableist uh, rules, all these different bad isms. Mm-hmm. We can throw that shit away and rewrite it and start from start from where it's more inclusive now, where we're like, actually, all that shit was we were messed. We messed up. And we need to be OK with saying we messed up. I think it's OK with saying that. I, I think it's hard to say that because you worry that people are going to, like, take the pitchfork to you. Yeah. Be like. Oh, you he admitted it, therefore he's bad. But I think you have to be okay with starting from a point of like, yeah, up until this point, I have a, blind, a huge blind spot there and I need to work on that. Yeah. And in particular, I think I worry about this, the way that the internet is changing, that it gives people this self-fulfilling, self-feeding, I'm going to feed you exactly what you want in order to keep you in this little funnel. Um, that people don't expand and, and they don't see the content that is outside of their bubbles. I worry about that. Yeah. Because you, you have to look for it in order to expand your mind. And I think when people don't do that, they get trapped in just what they know and then it feeds what they know back to them. I mean, just, that's, happening. that's happening to me even as we do this. Like, I want to ask you, do you think... What do you think it was smart for me to, to do? I mean, that's such a heavy question, but it's like I can't answer that. Huh? Like I, I, smart? I don't know, but I mean, it's just like you. You just have the ability just to be. That's what white privilege is. <laughs> I know, but like people, people seem to can't understand that. But like, you literally don't have to say anything because it's like whatever people assume about you is just that's cool. Because that's what it is, I guess. It's like, I mean, like, people yeah. are like, oh, he's married, he's white, he's, he probably has a job, he probably, he's straight, and, like, it's like, it's fine, you just live and just be as is. I feel like I have to, like, I have to keep doing all these spark notes and footnotes and, like, side, you know, conversations where I'm like, oh, wait, but this, oh, don't judge me on this, oh, wait, I'm going to tell you this about myself, but wait, I don't, don't, make, don't think of me differently now. It's I'll, like, I'll tell you what the white version of that is. The white 
you know, let's say cisgender heterosexual version of that is like, I don't want to say too much over here. I don't want to say too much over there. I don't want to give away this position. I don't want to give away that position. It really is hiding behind whiteness, actually. Yeah. Because because you worry, you're like, oh, I can't speak on this. Or, oh, if I speak on this, my ignorant belief from before, then people are going to hold me to that. And that's what I still think. Or... Mm -hmm. Or if I speak too liberally and too crazy, then, oh, people are going to say, oh, he's not, he doesn't really believe what he says he believes. Well, yeah, people will go on a hunt to look for that one time you said something, you know, homophobic or something and be like, see, it's a lie. He's actually the worst person in the world. Oh, I'll and tell you, there's a hundred times I said homophobic things. But I hate that. That's why I hate cancel culture. People have been trying to cancel me my whole fucking life. Why would I want to do that to somebody else? Why would I want to do that to somebody else? My whole fucking life, today, tomorrow, and the next day after that, there are people out there who want me canceled, completely gone, not removed from Twitter, not removed from TV, not like my books banned in the elementary school library. They want my whole existence gone. So why would I want to do that to somebody else because they said something a little off a couple years ago? I've just expressed that I was not completely all the way this most woke LGBT person when I was younger. I was fucked up. I said some mean shit. I, how do you think I stayed alive? How I'm sitting here right now today because obviously I had to laugh and giggle and go, oh, yeah, he is being real gay right now. Or, oh, stop that, bro. That's, that's weird. I'm not, I'm not like that. Obviously, I had to go through those motions to stay alive today. Because yeah. if not, oh, my ass would have been dead. Right before the death of Matthew Shepard, I was that kid walking around living i lived right in front of a field so when i found out about when they when they killed him i was like that could happen to me so i'm definitely not saying that now because i was like i live in the i live in the neighborhood that is that is the prime candidate for doing something like that so i had so i had to perpetuate these systems in this way of being that i didn't even agree with because i was like i have to survive yeah, which is which is fucked up. But I think the is. thing, uh, the way that I've I've come to understand the concept of cancel culture at this point is like, in order to get past the concept of like canceling, right? Everyone has to come forward and admit everything that they have done and be okay with it. You know, like in order yeah. for all of us to move forward and all of us to be like, like okay, we're now all in this together. Everybody has to come clean with their shit. But a lot of people are afraid of doing that, and therefore we are in this point where the people who pop up and, and you know admit they made mistakes or when mistakes are pointed out to people, like then everybody like it's like whack a mole where it's like we focus on this person, we focus on that person, we focus on on this person's problems. We deflecting. Yeah, it's all this deflection. When if we just actually did what you know we all say we believe on one side of, you know, where you're really liberal or one side where you're really religious and you say you're supposed to love everybody regardless of what they've done, <laughs> like, if you really believe that, then it doesn't matter. But the problem is that there's these systems in place and there's people who want to protect the systems in order to keep power for themselves. And it's, it's crazy to me because I feel like those same people that want to protect those systems... And keep that power. There's probably something that they're battling with. I'm not saying everybody's as closeted a gay person, uh, but there might it might even be the slightest thing like, oh, I really I've always loved Dolly Parton's music, but I'm gonna keep it a secret because that's not manly. Or it could be you know, 
I grew up being like a woman, being like I grew up, you know, getting married and having children and taking care of my family. But I didn't want to do that. I actually wanted to just like run my own business and, uh, you know, be a, a CEO of Fortune 500. But that was not the womanly, girly thing to do. That's too manly. And like, you know, that's not the way the Bible says. So like there, it could even be that. It doesn't have to always be homosexuality or heterosexuality. It can be the the idea of of being so afraid of those uh, gender identities crossing over or, you know, you portraying one more than the other, that fear leads to, like, people just not being their true selves. Yeah. Anyone being their true self. Yeah. Shit might be so much more, like, imagine how fun it would be if everybody could be like, that's not for me. But I fucking love it. I love being around it. Like, you, or be okay with saying like, "Hey, that's not for me. I don't want to be around it." But I'm not gonna go over there and ruin their fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the, like, you can go do your own thing somewhere else. Imagine if every time you go, you like see a restaurant that's the food you don't like, you stop. Like, I got hold on. We gotta stop, you guys. I don't like this restaurant. I need to go in there and let everybody know. See, you, it's because I think everyone has FOMO and they all want to be a part of everything all the time. But if you're not gay and you want to be part of the LGBT community, you can either be an ally or you can be like, oh, I don't like that. Let me say why that's wrong. And so it's like it's the FOMO that people have where they're like, if something's trending, they have to be a part of it. Yeah. It's like you don't have to be a part of everything. Yeah. I I guess. And there, I mean, the media and the the way things are portrayed definitely contributed to a lot of confusion of some people. Yeah. So that's why they're like, it's a sin. It's bad on that because it was associated with drugs. And sex and like bad things, you know, eighties, seventies, and stuff like that. But it's like we know that's not the truth. Everybody's everything's fucked up. Yeah, like, and there's no pride flags being flown around in like countries that are being bombed and shit. It's not like that shit is just happening just for completely other different reasons. Yeah. So whatever fear you have of the of the gay community, they ain't doing that. So it's like the same thing with like black people. Like I. This like huge fear of black people. It's not like we're going out and like causing extreme harm to white people. We might be messing up our own communities and stuff because of some you know systemic problems. But this fear that all these people are coming to, coming to get you and snatch you out of your house, it's not happening. Bob and and Karen, like <laughs> that's the know. guilt. That's the guilt because they know that they have something to be snatched out of their house for. But guess what? You can forgive yourself for that and move on and make the next right decision. Yeah. Do I'm, something good. Nobody wants your boring ass fucking vanilla. I want my rainbow sherbet, bitch. Your house ain't got nothing I want. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to be futuristic and looking forward about what is going to happen next. <laughs> what are the next steps for me? <laughs> um, I don't know. There is there's this fear that I can't shake that... Putting myself out here is going to cause me more pain than keeping it to myself. But I'm we- I'm willing and ready to endure that pain because that pain is like a little fucking nick on the knee compared to the shame there was before of not saying anything and being proud, completely 100% proud of who I am. So it's it's there, but I, I I'm 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 more I'm ready for it. So in addition to what we were talking about with like Pose and other shows kind of putting people that have identities similar to mine out there in the, in the mainstream, recently I've been watching Sam J's new show on HBO Max. Um, and she's a comedian. She used to be a writer for, for what? For 
Uh, SNL. SNL, yeah. Okay, so, I mean, pretty much all my favorite writers are from formerly SNL, like her and Natasha. Uh, I but, think that Natasha was, uh, Natasha Rothwell was SNL? Yeah, I think so. That is awesome. Yeah. Did not so know I that. just want to be these people when I grow up. Um, but um, watching Sandra's show, she was going into some really heavy topics and just like, there was just no holding back. And they were just kind of sharing things. Like, obviously, there's going to be people like, you know, the cancel culture because she doesn't say everything the right way or do everything the right way. But it's so weird that, like, we hold these standards so high to the people who are the the ones that the standards are hurting the most. Mm. Like, it's like, oh, are you gay? Are you straight? Or are you, are you gay? Are you lesbian? It's like, you need to make sure you say all these right things and use all the right pronouns and never denounce anyone else and never blink an eye and never kneel or never slouch. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, you're putting them under such a strict magnifying glass and then you got these other people who are like the part of the problem who are creating laws that are taking things away from people who are outwardly offensive or violent and it's like oh well that's just who they are so like mm. watching Sanjay is uh, is another piece of what is helping me kind of look forward like you know in the process of me story telling my story and continue to tell my story and being able to fully write and share the things that I want to share like they're there's hope that that I'm going to be able to do that completely now and truthfully. That makes me not afraid to put myself out there and to voice these things that I've kept, you know, so silent for so long. Yeah. I'm, and, you know, worst case scenario, you already put it out there that you know people are going to, uh, you know, could discriminate you against for doing this. So now you have a legal case against them. <laughs> It's like this is this is a setup. No. <laughs> this is a trap. Yeah, it's a trap. No, I'm no, just I just I'm just ready to be just to go all in. Yeah. Like I I think there's you know it's definitely I'll be looking at some astrological stuff and numerology and things like that. And this is my 33rd year, and I was like maybe there's something in that. And then I looked it up, and you know they every time you look up numbers, they always say the number you looked up is like the one the number. And so like <laughs> I'm like okay whatever they're making a big deal about 33. Yeah. But maybe you know Mercury is in retrograde, but it ends like the day before my birthday. So I got to deal with that. <laughs> like there's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of changes occurring. And I think one of the biggest ones that I said during the pandemic, I said this last year was that it's time to change how I see my sexuality, how I see myself, how I process my shame, how I, you know, show up to places and show up. Uh, when I look in the mirror and I was like, that has to, that's, it's going to be different now. Like I can't, I ain't going to be living pre pre quarantine Mike where I was like, Oh, I'm going to make sure you're the most comfortable person ever. And I'm just sitting here sweaty and sad and upset with myself and who I am because I'm trying to make you so happy. No, Mm. I'm going to be my happiest self. And I do believe, I truly honestly believe being my, African-American, black as hell, bisexual, I might steal your daughter or your son, like, self. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that that energy is going to be enough to make you comfortable and happy to be around me. Yeah, and, I mean, we just went through, like, a global pandemic. Like, the world accelerated, like, 10 years forward. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on, but we live in a completely different world. Whether people realize that or not, I mean, the next couple years are going to show it for real. 
Like, so everyone should be readjusting their mindsets to this new world that we live in. Like, yeah. it's, it's kind of, it's crazy. It's scary in a lot of ways, but I think if you, I think a lot of people have realized, like, it's time to be your full self. And so I'm just happy and proud to see you do that. Yes. Thank you. And I want to end on a note and give you no time to respond. Okay. That I actually postponed doing all of this. I wanted to discuss this in October. Really? When the, when the holidays and the, the Remembrance Days actually coincided with coming out day. But mm. I didn't want you to take me out of your wedding. <laughs> what? You think, yeah. I, you think I would have done that? I don't know. I feel like it was already enough. Like, it was already a lot. Just, like, just you getting married. So, I was like, it's really small. I'm the only one going to be there that's not family. And they'd be like, you brought, is he gay and black? Oh, hell no. Nah. <laughs> you didn't brought the devil into this house. <laughs> no way, dude. First of me. all, first of all, no one in the family is like that. Second of all. No like, one is like that. I'm, this is yeah, not, this, this is, is not my reflection of anyone that was present there. Because you, because you, yeah, you hadn't met anyone. This yet. is, no, it's just my idea of marriage yeah yeah like so it's not it wasn't saying that. that i mean i appreciate you opening up to me about that i'm sorry you thought that but also i think that what happened between now and then like almost made doing it now even better you know you oh, coming yeah. out to your family and, and everything else yeah enough time to process it have some distance you know me moving out had to get used to life without me Sorry. Yeah, because can't, can't deal with you like walking by in a towel anymore because that was just was way just like, too much for me. Mike, are you, Mike, are you okay every five seconds? <laughs> don't, but don't look at my body because I have a weird insecurity. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. So what do we do now? On our way to, let's go to WeHo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've been, I've been there before. <laughs> I got to show my, my street cred. I have been to WeHo before. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna end on that. Thank you for listening to Black Man in the Right World. If you like what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe, or leave us a five star review. For more, go to www.blackmanrightworld.com or email us at blackmanrightworld at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.